In 2021, Talk About It Outdoors partnered with an industry-leading brand that has stamped its name on the outdoor industry. Cruiser Saddles in itself stands on perfection, and with every climb we make, we elevate ourselves above the rest. In addition to a support to our hunting journey, the men and women behind Cruiser believe in the same principles of life as us. Faith, family, and the blessings of being better as they go in every sit. If your desire to pursue your passions one step ahead of the rest, go ahead and get in the best. Check them out on all the socials or head over to their website at www.cruiser.com. That's C-R-U-Z-R.com. And tell them to talk about it outdoors, boys, and Chasing Weekends sent you their way. The journey of life has a unique way of being able to create tried and true friendships as we go. In forming those relationships, oftentimes good things come to follow. Talk About It Outdoors is proudly supported by Cal Hardy of Arrowhead Land Company. Cal is the leading broker over Georgia and is happy to assist you with finding the place where you can call home. With vast knowledge and an understanding of the ever-evolving real estate market and a unique old-school approach to everything he does, he exemplifies what it means to treat others like you'd want to be treated. Don't settle for being just another number in a phone. Choose Cal Hardy for all your land, home, and commercial real estate needs and become a part of his family. We sure are blessed to have him as a part of ours. Find him on Facebook, Instagram, or give him a call at 770-296-2163. Step back to the times when a feed store was more than just that, and the people inside smiled with friendly faces and provided a place for a talk on life, as well as all your essential farm, livestock, and pet needs. Cherokee Feed the Seed located in Ball Ground, Georgia, with an additional location in Gainesville, are the hometown supplier of all your cattle, equine, and pet needs, with the added addition of being able to keep your deer herd healthy with protein and minerals. They also carry an assortment of hunting blinds and gear, and you can rest easy knowing the people that support local ball clubs and children's sports are who your hard-earned money is going to. The people here greet you with a handshake and a smile, and Cherokee Feed and Seed give more than just a product. They give you a welcome that'll make you return time and time again. Stop in next time you're in the area and tell them you're part of the Talk About It Outdoors family. A few years back, when an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. 
Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. You ready, Nick? Let's do it. All right, everybody, Talk About It Outdoors live in the brand-new Talk About It Outdoors studio located in Waleska, Georgia. Nick, Cody, Alex, Cody Mayo, and the Mudflap Twins are live and ready to kick it up. we got a fun one scheduled for y'all. Y'all pull up a chair and set a while. It's just a BS session, but it's going to be a fun one. This already got started great, so let's see what we can do. We're so excited. Did you think you would ever see a set of those Realtree uh, original coveralls in complete fashion again? <laughs> well, knowing you, yeah, because you can still wear the same stuff from high school. Those were my dad's from 1986. I think my grandparents bought those for him for Christmas one year. I want to see a doe down in those. Mm, Mr. Wood 30 Tropic Bombs Nicholas. Good to see you, buddy. We are live tonight. Brand new studio. We finished it up. 18 months of work put in. I can still think back to that first day we were laying flooring on this thing, January the 3rd of, what, 2020, and uh, we set the rafters, and we put up walls. I never thought I'd see it come to completion, but a lot of funds went into it. It's taken a while for you guys, and uh, there's been so many people's hands. There has been a lot of hands, and we'll probably mention that on tonight, a few things as we spend But it looks good, buddy. Y'all done a good job in here. Y'all, you were a part of it as much as anybody. But, but so everybody done a good job that laid a hand on it. Yeah. I think yeah, I think and that's the one thing that I thought about while we were building this that the everyone that came in to play a part in it realized what they were doing. It wasn't just, hey, I'm going to work on a building or I'm going to work on a shed or something. They wanted to put a little foot forward because I guess they knew it was going to be seen by a lot of people. So we got a pile of stuff piling up over there for the bow shoot, taking up some spots. We got a fireplace that looks like it's got to be finished in the future, but it's getting closer. We got a gator head in the middle of the table. Cody Mayo's here. What in the world? Twice, two shows in a row. I've got several calls over the last couple of days. Said, man, are you guys ever going to get any guests back on there? Just keep doing B- BS sessions. I said, listen, we're going through some changes. We're going to get these knocked out, and then we're going to get people on. And hopefully, hopefully, we start running these on YouTube also. Yeah, well, there's been so many people ask me that. Why don't y'all start doing video podcasts? I want to see that stuff. Like, I want to see y'all's actions. I want to see because a lot of the times I go back and listen to the podcast and and the the one that we dropped this this week, which would have been two weeks ago from this episode. I was saying stuff sometimes, and I know that I I I caught myself talking with my hands, and the and the people listening didn't know what I was doing. Right. So I got to get a bit a little bit better about explaining what I'm doing sometimes. So. I enjoy those too. I like watching video podcasts. See, I'm not a watcher on there, but I would yeah. like to go like if especially if they were new and I didn't know who they were, I'd love to go like see who they're see what the face of the name. Yep. Yeah. Cody Mayo. Welcome. Well put. Yeah. First time here. Ah, oh, yeah. 
I mean, it's it's, it's awesome. I mean, it really is. You got to see really, pictures. Really yeah, I've seen see. some pictures, but I mean, pictures don't don't do it justice. I mean, it it, it looks awesome. Congrats. So I told uh, Watson earlier we were in here putting the you know tables on, fixing up some wires and stuff, and I said it it feels homey. You know, it kind of feels like we're we're just in a close knit group. You know, we're all together and we can. I feel like I could turn and look at you or I could look over here. We can kind of, you know, I'm glad we did it this way. You and I laid this out, this table out. You remember we were over here drawing lines and trying to figure out exactly what we wanted to do. We talked about doing a big square table or a rectangular table, and we finally come to the conclusion, hey, let's do an L so we've got a you know chance to sit here and do it this way. Yeah, so Yeah. No, it looks great. It really does. I think it turned out perfect. We've got plenty of space, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a change for all of us. I mean – it's going to be a change for you too, just even living here. Oh yeah, and and as I come out here, I find new things that I want to do. Oh, you sure. know, we we find stuff that I'm like, man, I would love to do this, and so I've started working on. It. We're working on an apartment for the studio, so when guys come into town for the weekend, we've got somewhere to put them up, and they can stay without having to worry going to get a hotel or sleeping on the couch. They're actually going to have a bed to sleep in. So. Yeah. Bring, bring your own box fan. <laughs> no, it's going to have a window unit. <laughs> but you are right. Probably need a box fan. You're going to have to pass a hat around for Nick's uh, fuel bill now. He's not used to having to drive anywhere. To drive anywhere. Mm, we'll pass a, pass a, Number uh, one jab. First jab in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> Did he? Uh, Mayo got the first one. Imagine that. <laughs> well, you know, we were sitting here talking earlier about what's going on and what's transpired and everything. And, and I just, I keep going back to the same thought of the bow shoot and, and what's came so far for it and what we're doing with it and what we're trying to do for it in the future. And man, I tell you what, it's, uh, what was that sound? I didn't hear nothing. You didn't hear it? Mm-mm. Oh, it, here, there it come. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. I had to get number two. I had to get number two, yeah. <laughs> the second jab. I went on Waddy down the road, boys. Y'all be looking for him. He's coming. He's coming honking near you. Do you, uh, do you think, looking over there at that corner, that people are going to be excited to see what we got when we lay it out on the table? I think they will. I, th- I think um, they're going to be really shocked at the people that chipped in for this and hope everybody goes around and pats Cody on the back for it <laughs> and uh, tells him thank you for everything that he's done. He's worked hard. He has worked very hard on this. and Just be careful, though. And we'll, we'll break another headset over if we ain't careful if we keep going. <laughs> I enjoy it. I mean, that's – He missed his calling. Yeah, I think so. Mayo, you got a, you got any sales jobs open? Yeah, I mean, look at that pile over there. He's, he's hired. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I, I know that the the thought behind the bow shoot was never for it to be a public event. We wanted to keep it private. When we talked about it in the beginning, it was going to be something we did with our friends and close close listeners of the show. We weren't going to make it, but the more and more we thought about being able to share <clears throat> share the opportunity of spending a day with people – Listeners of the show, people we meet at GON, people we, we, we meet at Alabama, whatever. And then we're getting to include some of the people that have been gracious enough to partner up with us. Cruiser, you know, Cal Hardy with Whitetail Properties is coming. Uh, Cherokee Feeds talking about coming and setting up. And I think that that's just neat that they want to get that involved with us and they believe that much in us. I, I couldn't be more thankful for those guys and hopefully the new relationship new partnerships that That may come out of this yeah stemming and and hopefully these people once they come into town that that are they are they are going to take their time out of their saturday to come they will see how vested we are in this thing we're not just getting on here bullcrapping about hunting or fishing or whatever 
Well, speaking of hunting, nothing going on right now. It's a dry time for us. The planning of the future for 2022 has been trail camera talks. That's what we're on right now. We're talking about what trail cameras we're going to use. We've all agreed as a group that we're going to use the Tact Camera VLX. We're going to put those out. And I, I promise you, there's probably not going to be a harder hit group uh, to test them. I mean, we're going to put them out there and they're going to get honest, critical feedback on it. We've been tasked with putting them in the field and putting them to use and, and trying them out. Now, fortunately, a couple of us or some of us have already used them in the past and had great success with it. I have no complaints whatsoever. Cody's basically used them as well, and they were mine because he's logged into them, and we've seen some challenges with them, but we've also seen um, do a lot of good. So I think the new upgraded one will, will fix a lot of those problems that we were having. I think it's time to get them out. I've already had a few out. I'm putting more out this weekend. Um, protein, salt, very crucial right now. They're hitting it hard. They're hitting the salt really hard right now. Mm-hmm. I had um, before I refreshed my salt lick at my house. Um, I had a doe in my backyard last weekend. She was just digging up the ground. I sat there and watched her for thirty minutes digging salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's time to go on that. What about uh, the places you can't use supplements, Illinois? Just, what is your game plan going in? And I want to go around the table and ask everyone that. What your thought is? And I'm going to start with you. When you go and hang a camera in a place you can't put bait out. Now in Georgia, we're fortunate enough to be able to put salt, bait, whatever we want, peanut butter jar, screw to the tree, whatever. You can't do that in Illinois. You go to hang a camera up there in a few weeks. What's your plan? Um, pretty probably pretty common to what you guys do. I just kind of put it in the area that I hunt in. Um, I try not. I'm, I'm going to do a little different this year. Last year, I put it dead where I hunted, like 30 yards away from my stand where I'd be hunting. This year, I think I'm going to move those cameras maybe 100 yards, within 100 yards of that area. Um, last year, before I came home, I'd done some scouting and found some places where those deer were going. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to move that camera over there so I'm not disturbing that area where I hunt. Right. Because like we've had people on the past, sometimes I think it might mess with some of those bigger bucks. When it gets closer to season. Yeah. I don't know about now. Now, I took the ones last year. I hung them up in a tree, angled them down. But I'm going to try just a different tactic of moving it within a 100-yard range of where I hunt and see how that does. I, I don't know. Do you think 100 yards is not far enough for a big buck? I mean, I was putting them right on the trail where I where I wanted them to step out. Don't get me wrong. Got some good deer on camera. Right. But it wasn't consistent. Yeah. I was just doing it more for a gauge of what's there. Yeah. And I think that's mainly what a trail camera is, is gauging what you got, taking inventory of bucks. But as it moves into season, you want to find a patternable, mm-hmm. you know, approach, put it on a trail and, and find what's going on there. I honestly feel like the baiting situation in Georgia has ruined me as a hunter here. It has absolutely hurt me 110% as a hunter. And I am. You ever been riding down the road, seeing a piece of property that you couldn't live without, or maybe just wanted to sell your own land? Give our boy Cal Hardy with Whitetail Properties a call, 770-296-2163, day or night, or check him out on Facebook. A ton of success out of mock scrapes last year, and setting them up. I mean, I don't know what people consider early, late. I don't know. I mean, you know, we set them up first of September. Um, I know there's guys, I mean, 
do it through the summer for God's sakes. I've always thought that was kind of early in my opinion, but, but, um, had a lot of success out of that and, and just, uh, field edges, um, trying to pick some, you know, heavy use trails, heavy use, uh, uh, corridors there along field edges have been really successful. You ever thought, uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, what I was going to say <clears throat> in reference to you, in reference to, to what you were saying a, a second ago, Nick, I think there's times as far as like getting in there close to your stand, in my opinion, maybe that like Jason Lewis talking about getting outside of your comfort zone and hanging a camera up the tree and angled down, you know, maybe, maybe that doesn't get that buck's attention, a mature buck's attention as much. Maybe that's, you know, closer to the time you're up there actually hunting. Cause I, I, now I'll do that a lot of times as well. Like once we get up there, start shuffling cameras around, um, not right there in like a bedding area or something, but just trying to shuffle them around, um, while we're physically, up there for that week or you know uh, that 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 trip and see if we get any success out of that well, i'll be honest with you I, when I, I hung one of those tactic cams up last year up off a step and that was pretty hard but this year since i'll be in that cruiser saddle i'll be sitting in that thing being able to make sure i got it good and tied up there, there you mm. go. going up two steps yeah i may go up two steps and angle it a little bit harder down so yeah I think that the worst pictures that i get is when it's angled down but it's hard to put a hundred and fifty two hundred dollar camera down at ground height on public land and hope somebody don't steal it now given somebody can walk through there with a stick and or come back and get it but he, i don't think i had a guy last year yep. walk cody saw it he walked right underneath my camera and never even saw it well i did too remember the guy with the backpack with the that's right truck yeah. camera walked right underneath the camera never even saw it and yep. they weren't in they were in trees with some structure to them they had yeah. some limbs and some poison oak because we got in that stuff but that goes back to if you walk around here in georgia or another state that you can supplemental feed if you walk up on a feed pile the first thing that goes in my head where's that camera where's that yeah, right yeah but when yep. you're but when you're if you're somewhere like illinois where you can't put supplemental feed out a trail camera is the last thing you're thinking about that's true yeah and, and a lot of times when you walk up on them you're you're standing there and you see it and you're like it surprises you mm-hmm. you know you're not you're not expecting to see one there but what i was cutting you off about earlier mayo I, um I believe it was Jared Mills that said making those mock scrapes earlier didn't really affect the deer because a lot of the times the mature does would still hit those areas. And I've been out turkey hunting, late season turkey hunting, or just going out to put something. You ever notice how you see a scrape that was old from last year? You think, man, that thing's got to have leaves in it. It's not It's not tore up, but you got to think something's coming by here every so often. I mean, they're not hitting it on a daily yeah. basis, but there's – those there's community scrapes. Yeah, there's a reason that that there's still leaves pushed away from that. Yeah. So I, I was I don't, sold I, on it after last year. I mean, we we had some really really good pictures. And I think that's what I need to try. Yeah. Alex and I tried that last year, but it was you talking about early season. Was it what July? July. Well, and it it fell an absolute monsoon flood thirty well, minutes after we put them out. Yeah. Something else that I feel like we realized too is like if we would get up on those hardwood ridges or 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 what hardwood ridges you can hit um, in the Midwest at least. We didn't have a whole lot of success out of that. It was more field edges, like row crop field edges that, that those, those mock scrapes early seemed, it would just get their attention because they're already traveling by there and right. at least shut down for a second, check it out, lay to get a, a, you know, an inventory of what's there. Yeah. And I still feel like this time of year, June, July, late August or early mid August, you're still going to have a hard time catching that big buck up on his feet as hot as it is. Sure. Especially for the Midwest right now. I mean, they're hotter. They're probably hotter than Georgia at times. But 
those I don't know how close if you you need to get it closer to that corn are they staying in that corn or are they staying thick I don't know where those big bucks are staying that time of year up there I, I, that's, I mean I think that's a good good question for maybe maybe we work as a team and say hey five of us put trail cameras near a thicket and five of us put trail cameras towards some towards some corn and see what best pays off for us you know yeah. and that might help us all around I talked to Cody earlier and we were discussing you know like we always do we start talking about next year when last year's over and we go through things in our head and I told him I said I got I'm I'm worried I'm worried about this year in Illinois because of the late crop that they're going to have yeah. and I mean they've got corn that's not even knee high yet mm-hmm. and so you're you're talking pushing harvest to middle to end of November for some of these places because of no rain and that's going to hurt it's it, going it to hurt yeah. is what it could be Bad. Find your beans. That's what I'm yeah. looking for is beans. Yeah, yes, you know, you exactly. get beans, you're going to be okay. But speaking of hot weather and drought, though, that leads to more. See, no, yeah. pro- well, don't so, yeah. don't even say it. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not, but you got to be. I mean, the I was creek, almost the I creek almost source. J- Jared's really good. He he he's got one of his farms has a uh, has a small farm pond, if you will, old farm pond that he row crops around now, right? And it's just kind of stuck out in the corner of this piece of property and he'll hang cameras around it and get some really really good pictures um as they're going to that water source they, they never had to leave they right. got row crops and literally in water. that row crop right. they just they got a water source um to nick's point that scares the world out of me because that that could be that source of, it, of that disease it don't take long for it to dry up, up there. gosh no yeah no, they got to have pretty consistent rain up there you think how much that corn and soybeans mm-hmm. is sucking up right now Oh, God, it's pulling everything in the ground. But corn likes dry weather. Corn grows better in, in, in dry, hot weather. It will grow better. The drought situation is not going to affect the corn once it's up. Once it's up, once yeah. It's it once it's going, it's, yeah. it's going great. Yeah, because you know, there's it, enough it moisture in there probably draws it down. It loves, loves. Because well, you, you ever walk through a cornfield that's dry? You ever walk through yeah. one that's like summertime, it's dry? You'll be soaking wet You'll walking be, through uh, one. The, yeah. I mean, it's just all the dew and everything yeah, that comes yeah. off of it. It pulls all that moisture out of the air at night. That pond that I'm talking about. Remember we found that shed? That first shed we yep, found? Yep. That was that pond down below. Right, right. We that, I remember that you head. talking about yep. the ones that, that had, you know, they they'd put They'll cameras there. Around, yeah. And you said yeah. they were getting stuff. I don't know. I, I'm excited for this year going up there for, for everything that we've got going on. But I, I'm telling you, going back to what I said earlier about Georgia oh. and what I have done in, in the last, I'm going to say the last five to six years is go to the same spot, fill up a feeder, throw a camera on it. Oh, man, he's coming in, he's coming in, he's coming in, gets to season nocturnal. He's there 30 minutes after I leave every single yeah. night. From a hunter standpoint. It it is it it's it killed really, me yes. as a hunter and as a because I, I always felt I was I never killed a lot of big deer hunting, but I would always see deer or I would always put myself in an, in a situation to be able to get on a deer. And now I've killed deer over corn. I've had it out there and I've killed them there while I'm hunting that bait, but it's never been that just that magnum. Yep. And I want to re kind of invent my, my thought process behind where I'm going to hunt this year. And I was talking to Cody earlier. I'm going to put a food plot in. I'm going to do my food plot. When I get back from vacation next week, I've already talked to Jeff at Buck Fever. He's going to, you know, put me in an order. I'm going to get some Terminate to, to help my clover. I've got clover growing from last year that I planted. It's there. Got some weeds, but I'm going to terminate the weeds and get rid of all the broadleaf stuff and leave my clover. 
then I'm going to oversee and go back in and, and do some work. We're working on a plan to plant that plot and do it better than it was last year. Um, I've got soil samples. I've sent my soil samples off, and I'm going to get those checked. But I'm not going to put the effort into into feed like I have in the past. Do you think that you could feed and get inventory through the early plantable season? That nice. Yeah, I know. I'm going to still going to put a feeder up. Oh, but no, I'll tell you what hurt me last year was having that feeder there. Bears. The yeah. bears destroyed. You know, y'all. Well, I'm y'all saying both cutting know. it off, like cut the feed off once you can establish a food plot and use that as the. Yeah, but I still think if if I turn the feed off, yeah. somebody else next door, whatever's yeah. going to be feeding. That's true. That's yeah. That's what I was. Well, that's say. a whole other problem. You're just competing like with your neighbors now because everybody's feeding people who don't even hunt. But I but, like to watch them. But that you is know, very you, true. you get the ones that are going if they're going to them at night. They're having to come from somewhere. Right. Hopefully, tra- yeah, should cut off that travel path, and that's that's kind of the thought that I'm going into. I'm going to put my food plot in play for late season because I'll, I'll be honest, late season got here and my food plot was decimated. It was completely gone because they hammered it, and, and you know I had a good crop of deer coming in there and eating, and the turkeys early season. I had a, gr- a group, big group of turkeys come through, and I think that kind of wiped out my seed in a way. They scratched it up, but I'm not going to plow under i'm not going to plow everything under i've got a good established grass plot there and i'm going to let that stuff come up through it so i don't know and and i'll talk more in the future about what i plant you'll probably see some videos i I want to ask you real quick because you did talk about it and you don't have to hit it all but for the listener that's listening why are you going to start turning that up so early and not wait till fall well i i want something for early season to hunt near i want to draw deer to my spot and make it a viable entity so all in the past it's always been about planting that late season food plot Mm -hmm. what i want to do is plant something now to get some growth coming up and have something there to get the deer interested in it then i can go back at labor day or whatever on into both season go over and overseed it and put something down that'll carry into the fall season. Well, let me ask you this too, talking, and, and I don't know this, and Mayo may know this better. What are you going to plant right now in these temperatures that's going to be substantial for the deer come first of both season? I, I'm not looking to plant anything. I'm looking to terminate everything but my clover. That's that's my goal is to help my clover. Enhance what's already there. Yeah. I'm not – Gotcha. I'm not necessarily, and that's what I was going through a plan. I want to put together a plan with Jeff because I don't. I don't really. You're right. I have no idea. I mean, Cody will know more than anybody does. Well, there's not. I mean, not from that standpoint. Yeah, I mean, with the temperatures we're dealing with and what we're going, what's to come over the next couple months. I mean, yeah, but enhancing what's there. I mean, if if you can weed out the competition, no pun intended, weed out the competition with that clover. I mean, it's going to benefit even better. It's going to thrive. It's going to thrive better. That's right. Do you think they're going to choose clover over? Nick's got a good stand. I got a good stand. Nick's got a really good. There, stand there's none of that stuff there, though. The the, the property. So I, I I did a big time walk this this year and and walked over everything. Now they're going to eat honeysuckles. They're going to find muscadines right. and, and crab apples and things. But those are the late seed. Now they're eating greenery. But what kind of greenery can I turn that clover into something sweeter? And Jeff's got something. I don't know what it is that you spray clover and it's basically a clover helper and it makes that clover almost irresistible to a deer to eat more to come on that. Cause I have no idea what it is. Yeah, I'd so, be interested to, you know, somebody put out a study on, I saw on Instagram the other day and it might've been 
Chamberlain or Chamberlain shared someone's post, but one of their, the deers, they were several categories, clover, um, and everything that the, the number one thing was just natural browse. Yeah. And, and, and I think that just basically briars and privet hedge. Yep. And I was telling Terry, one of me down at our club, he wants me to go down through there and wind this road out. It's just full of privet hedge and I don't want to do it. I'm just going to trim it up. I'm not, yeah. going, I'm not going to do it just because when you get to late season, mm-hmm. that's the only, a lot of times that's the yeah. only thing yeah. still there. But y'all plant some big pots down there mm-hmm. too. And this is really your first year. It is your first year in that club. So yeah. I think you're going to, you're going to have a surprise in store for you when you get down there and see how big those food plots are. Cause you've never really hunted mm-hmm. anywhere. You've had food plots, right? No. no. I tell you, that was one of my favorite things in the world to do down at Big Ten was to go and and hunt over on the power line. We had a big food plot, and, man, those deer would come out there, and you would see deer just about every day. I mean, you would be able to – you had the opportunity to see one. It's going to be a change for me because I've always just been a – put my stand on my back, take off, and find somewhere to hunt and climb up and hunt there, and, and which I still enjoy. Boy, you're going to enjoy it a lot more when you ain't got to tote that stand. I'm going to get that plug in there again. I'm going to be, a, yeah, I'm being that, or I'm going to be in Terry's box stand while he's at the hospital rocking that baby. <laughs> do you, uh, do you think that who has a baby at, at right at deer planning right yeah. there? That's poor planning. I had one in October though. Sawyer was born in October, earlier in late season. Uh, he was born October the 9th, and I actually killed my best. Uh, buck with a well second or third best buck with a bow was it about 30 days after Sawyer was born goes Alex. <laughs> 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 hey i'll put that trumpet on <laughs> oh tell me a deer story i i want i want to hear a deer story tonight this, this is the first hall uh first first spot here sitting around i want i want to hear a deer story that i haven't heard from you Ooh. i want you to think about it I got one. I'm. A, I, want I got one that comes to mind, but it, it might be illegal. Is the statue of limitations? Yeah, I would still say so. On? I was pretty young. I didn't have a driver's license. <laughs> we were, um, and I think I've told. I might have told you guys this before, but we had a hunting club down in Putnam County, and I don't think I told it on the podcast. We had a hunting club down in Putnam County, and we used to love to make deer drives down there. And uh, for anybody that don't know what a deer drive is, you basically get a group of guys you hadn't if you hadn't seen anything or saw a few that morning get a couple of guys some guys stand on the one end of the block of timber whatever you want to call it <laughs> guys spread out get some shotguns people kind of walk through make a little bit of noise i was uh, i don't know i was probably 13 13 i guess they had saw a big buck it was actually anthony hill had saw a big buck and he hunted with us down there at this club and and saw it down on he was hunting on this creek in a climbing stand that morning and we decided we're gonna go in there and drive this deer out and kill it (laughs) so we spread out and and there's a paved road there i'm standing a paved road (laughs) and uh standing there in the corner of that paved road my dad said you stand right here and i had a 44 mag rifle (laughs) oh god (laughs) i didn't have a shotgun (laughs) um i had a 44 mag and that and i was sitting there and my belly got to rumbling, so I had to use the restroom. And I could hear them over there whistling and hollering, coming through those woods. Yep. Yeah. Get up, dear. Yeah. I could hear them coming. Well, I got up, got my pocket knife out, started horning a tree. And uh, make some. I was making somebody think that it was a horned tree when they come down the road because I'd done it right on the side of the road. And all of a sudden, I hear that buck come right out in front of me, dude. Really? Yeah. I unloaded that forty four. Missed it? Yeah, I still ain't hit him. 
<laughs> wow. Big. That, yeah, he was a big I mean, at 13, he was, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, he you been, just got so excited you yeah. just missed him? Yep. Is that a rug? I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, I still got it. Yeah. Yeah. You got one. Wow. I had it propped up against the tree, and, and by the time I like I caught everything come together, he was kind of already in the road, and I shot and missed. So, <laughs> while it was a wild times. <laughs> How about you, Mayo? Not a big buck story. Um, we hunted over in Oglethorpe <laughs> County. <laughs> Oglethorpe. What's funny? <laughs> What's funny? <laughs> I got one about mayo. <laughs> that is, yeah, we won't. Yeah, we're we'll save that for the Patreon. <laughs> Are you in need of forestry mulching, tree services, hauling, grading, and excavation in the southeast? Well, give our buddy Logan Severa a call with LRS Land Services. You can head over to Facebook, Instagram, and check out his work, or give him a call at four zero four eight eight nine one one zero five. Stop putting off clearing that back for you and give our boy a call. <laughs> Coming to you, the deer was in corn, to say the least. Oh, um, God. Now, we hunted down in Oglethorpe County, and I'll give a shout-out to Dwayne Chambers. He used to take me down there quite, quite a bit if, uh, if Dad wasn't going on the weekends or whatever. But <laughs> I remember walking down this old, you know, pine thicket backed up against a little bit of everything and anything uh, down there, and, it was one, you know, uh, walking to the stand one morning. I was saying the other night that we used two-way radios. We got yeah. on this big yeah. two-way radio kick, and it was no different than having a phone in the stand. For God's sake, right. somebody was always, you know, there's a turkey. And it's like, <laughs> nobody cares. Kenneth Chambers, there's one, there's two, there's three. And it's like, Kenneth, stop. You're just trying to cue him off, you know. But um, I was walking to this, this that headed to the stand that morning we were i ended up late i may have been a little scared of the dark at 12 <laughs> and uh it was a was it 742 Semi-auto, oh, yeah. Six, yeah. yeah i got rid of a 30 30 and got that 742 like, again like 11 12 years old so so stupid daddy sent me the stand with one one in the clip you know <laughs> <laughs> but it was a doe standing on the side of that road I blew him out, actually. It blew up this big mess of deer, and I shot one. I shot one right at break of day, right? I shoot her, and I get on the radio talking to Dwayne. I said, there's deer everywhere, and he was laughing. He's like, God, just go get in the stand. Stop, you know? And uh, I shot one, and they scattered, and heck, I shot another one. I mean, it was just – it was a violent morning. But anyways, I get in the stand, and afterwards, you know, we ended up – I shot two. I think I may have shot four times, but I shot two. felt two. <laughs> and he – uh him just talking about that he said you would have thought you was over there in war you know he <laughs> yeah, said just the way you were talking he said they're everywhere he said i he said i thought they'd run you up the tree or something <laughs> but yeah a bunch of a uh, bunch of good ones like that how about you watson what's the one that well he said he talked about anthony so this is with uh i got a story about uh, brady and myself we were hunting over there at my house actually and we were actually we had been hunting and we come out of the woods and we were coming out this gravel road you know the gravel road over by my grandparents and I was like, look right down there and look down the bottom of the bottom of the field down there about 200 yards. And that's about seven or eight deer. We hadn't seen nothing all morning. We jumped out of the truck and we're on gravel road. It's private, but, uh, we get propped up on the fence post and I'm, I go, there's a big buck. I said, wait, don't shoot. I said, don't shoot. And the third time I said, don't shoot, I boom, and shot. Wow. Yeah. We were like, I don't know how, how old, we're probably 18. I mean, I think Caden just, you know, and so they take off running 
and I'm boom, bolt action, Ruger Model 77, I boom, boom, unload it as a deer going across the field. Last shot, the deer tumbles into the woods. And I was like, heck yeah, you know, we got it. I got it, blah, blah, blah. By, by the time, you know, all that had happened, I turned around and Brady's just standing there with a glare on his face like, I mean, he never fired a shot. <laughs> he was just like, you son of, you know, yeah. because I'd done that. Well, we go walking down across the field and we get down there to the edge of the field and we see this deer that I'd shot flopping in the edge of the woods. Well, I pull up my gun, click. I fired every shot of my gun, rifle at it. And I was like... Brady, give me a gun. So I'd already shot all the bullets out of my gun. He says he takes poor old Brady's uh, I, gun. <laughs> got that 300 wind mag, went in there, shot it. I I told him when it was running across there, I said, dude, it was a giant. Got in there, five-pointer. <laughs> <laughs> and I had hit that deer five times. No, you hit it every time? I'd hit it every time. Well, I missed it once with my gun because I shot five times with my gun. I'd hit that deer every time, and I had to shoot it with Brady's gun to finish it off. It looked like Swiss cheese. And my parents and my grandparents and everybody were having a cookout down at the, uh, we call it the picnic area. And everybody was calling me, what in the hell are y'all doing over there? Uh, just shot one deer. Yeah, but that, was a, that was a good time. You said Anthony made me think of Brady. That was, and now every time we go hunt together, him and I, he always, don't shoot. Don't shoot every time. It was a good time for sure. I love it. You got one you? when you're young? Yeah. Or you I got, got one you got when you're old. Oh, I got I'm gonna go young. I'm gonna go young. I'm gonna go back to probably let's say nineteen let's say nineteen ninety five. I'm gonna take it all the way back to nineteen ninety five. I would have been nine years old. It's a long time ago. I hadn't killed a deer yet, never even thought about killing a deer. And Uncle Wibburn was the hammer back then. I mean, he killed deer after deer after deer and him and dad had went to South Georgia and I wasn't allowed to go. I was too young. I mean, wild times back then. So it's not a deer that I killed, but I remember him calling home. Dad called home and he said, I've got one. And he had called from somebody's house. You know, there was no cell phones right. in 1995. He said, I've got one. And he said, I got a mounter. I don't know that I've ever been, I, it may have been 96, 95, 96, around that. I don't know that I've ever been more excited to see a deer. But I remember that blue Dodge or it was either that Nissan pickup that Uncle Wibburn had pulling up in the driveway and him dropping the tailgate. And it was a spindly horn eight pointer with points about three inches long and i thought it was the biggest buck i had ever right. seen in my life and and i I was thinking about this the other day because i was up at dad's and we since he moved we moved all his deer heads upstairs and i was just looking around at, at those deer heads and i was thinking those deer were huge that was a monster you know to, to when i was a kid that was a monster you know that buck and I, I I don't know. I think back on deer like that that kind of sets fires. You think you know we talk about setting fires. I think about those, and it may not mean anything to anybody, but who's to say if Dad hadn't showed me that deer, or showed me that drive to want to see that deer that I'd ever have what you know the passion to chase them now. Yeah. So, 
I don't know. And then I went on to kill my first one, and I've told it before with old Doug down there on the <laughs> propped up on the grill in the middle of camp at eight forty five in the morning. I dropped that six pointer in the middle of camp. I hit him, Doug. I hit him. I was jumping up and down with that gun. Give me that gun before you shoot me, you son of a bitch. I mean, <laughs> well, you know that that's like oh. me when that deer come across the road. He could have been a seventy five inch deer. Yeah, but at thirteen years old, yeah, he looks he like yeah, he's oh, a giant. Yeah. You know, but. I've always been one to exaggerate, you know, like I seen a giant, you know, it, but I'll tell you, you know, you think about the ones that have got away that you never got to put your hands on. You'll never know how big they actually are. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, I, I got plenty of stories I could keep telling, but we need to save these because we could probably be here all night, but let's hit that shooting straight. I got a question that's come up from this. All right. Going hot. This week's Shooting Straight brought to you by land specialist Cal Hardy with Whitetail Properties. If you're looking to buy or sell land in the northwest Georgia area, give our boy Cal a call. 770-296-2163. Day or night. Buddy old Cal, I wish he was here with us. He could probably tell us a good deer duck story anyway. I mean, he could. He's, he's ready to go on a quail hunt, it looks like. Hey, um, and, and, and I want this to be for the listeners too, and I want people to comment once you guys post this. I think this will be um, one heck of a question for a lot of people that would probably bring things back in people's minds as they sit here and listen to this episode. And and I'll tell you my place real quick. It would be Putnam County. But if you had one place you could go back there one time and deer hunt, where would that place be? Alex? Big Ten. Yeah, no question about it. I mean, I would go back to those. I would go, and I, I could care less about the hunting. I mean, I could give two rips less about the hunting because it was never that great for me down there. But just take me back down there one more time. Old Dole was alive and Doug, and, you know, we was able to go down there and camp. Take yeah. That'd be it, 100%. That's me too. I'd go right back down to Putnam County. I'd go back to 14 years old, get out of high school, and <laughs> go right back down there. So We slept in a cabin that was – it was not much more than a clapboard shack. I mean, you saw it. I mean, y'all saw it. I mean, yeah. it was it was a four-walled room with insulation. It was that old chicken house, wide insulation. It was no walls. I mean, it was just open studs. And you had a heater in there, no lights, no power. We had a lantern, and there was nine bunk beds or, or six bunk beds in there. And when Uncle Weaver moved that camper in down there, he got it from Mark Green. I won't ever forget. We put it right next to the to the cook shed. We slept in that tin can and froze to dang death. It'd be 28 degrees outside, and he'd have the door open. And swear to death, he was going to smother inside of that camper every single time. I mean, I'd have on every bit of clothes I had, every sleeping bag I had, freezing to death. I have dogs in the sleeping bag with me trying to keep warm. I mean, but... I'd go back and freeze to death if I could go back just one more time. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. It would definitely be, and I've talked about it before, my dad's camp. I never got old enough to hunt there, but I was with my dad when he killed, you know, some bucks up there. But the the camp they had up in North Georgia off Steve Tate, which is now Dawson Forest, it was just about 650 acres up there, had a uh, cabin, had, had running water, from a they'd run a pipe way up the creek and it was just constantly running in that pipe and it ran in the house you know ran in the cabin in the sink and it had a big pot belly stove right in the middle two rooms of bunk beds but just like you said i remember freezing to death i'd always have to go to bed early too they'd always put me into bed 
eight nine o'clock and then i'd hear them out there by the by the stove you know whatever because i was only seven or eight when we lost that place but i still i can't remember yesterday but i can remember amen to that (laughs) but i can remember every time i went there to that camp and i would love to be able to go up there and still hunt that place just just for yeah but i can't remember shit (laughs) (laughs) uh mine would be oglethorpe county like i was just talking about just that fellowship It, it was a club full of family um had a really really good time i mean there was one spot one one set of stands we called doe holler um and if i could wake up tomorrow morning in a deer stand it'd be in that you know old, old wood stands with water hose wrapped around the back of the, the tree you know so because that water hose let that tree grow you know so, right. yeah dangerous thing yeah <laughs> step would be six and a half feet apart you know you'd have to climb up one just shimmy up one pole of it as a kid but yeah, if I could wake up tomorrow morning, to be it'd be freezing my ass off in that stand. One of he, them stands. You know, talk about that. I remember climbing up stands at the house. There's still some up there. I think Alex climbed up on them nails. Oh, big old yeah, nails. Big used. old dang whatever concrete nails drove in there. No, them are real dang carpenter nails. <laughs> big them spikes. big old yeah. spikes. spikes. You know, so just, you're talking about the spikes. Just big, the just big yeah. old nail spikes drove in the tree, and they would be. They'd be made for an adult, and us kids up there trying to climb them. I got I got a question kind of stemming off that. Go Hang ahead. on one second. I right. Let me finish this thought on this same topic. You know, Coach Strickland's made this conversation on his podcast before, but and, and there's probably women that listen to our podcast, so don't take offense to this, but when when we were young and went to those hunting camps, boys learned how to be a man oh yeah they learned from these other guys and 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 it may be some guys that you know you might not want to idle now looking back but those guys are there for a reason you know max epperson (laughs) asked me and you you make an interesting point on that he asked me when i was young i mean i was little i got to camp and him and larry dupree was sitting around the campfire and the first thing he asked me he said come here boy he said, you ever seen a grown man get drunk? <laughs> <laughs> I said, you know, I, no, you know, no. he said, well, you fix it too. <laughs> well, that, we, we got that hunting property in Illinois and there's a, there's a man from Mississippi that hunts with us and he brought his grandsons up there and they were, this was five, six years ago. They were probably, I don't know, 10, 12. And, um, Hank was up there and, and you know, everybody that knows Hank knows he likes to drink and. Uh, Mike McCorder was up there. Anybody knows him? He likes to drink. <laughs> and uh, they kept, for whatever reason, Mike kept calling Hank, and they were calling each other Mr. Nisi. And those little boys woke up next morning, and they looked over at Mike and said, Mr. Nisi, can we watch you get drunk again today? But I think that's where, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, a lot of it's probably lost, you know, for kids. They don't, they don't grow up around men like that and see what men do and fix stuff and cuss and raise cane, you know, <laughs> and that's, that's, that's lost in, in our world probably. Well, they'd get their head slapped too. I mean, you, if you did something wrong down there, it didn't matter what you was doing. You was getting throttled on. I mean, it was, I've been hit with water hoses. I've been hit with doggone keen hickory sticks. I mean, and it didn't have to be your daddy. No, 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 no. no, no. Usually, anybody beating the hell yeah. out of me. Yeah, yeah. so Does anybody. Uh, uh, uh. But finish your thought. Sorry, uh, I don't know where I'll. I'll no, I just want to. I want to. You know, thank Cal again um, for that. And then again, anybody that's got a comment on that, just just drop it in the in the comments. And um, I like we'd like to hear everybody's. What was? We'll share. We'll share the. We'll share some good ones. Where was I going? Uh, oh, oh, I know where I was going. 
question kind of like what you asked, but and I, and I don't want you to think about it being nostalgic or you know waking up with a special hunt or something. But where in your mind is a, a hunt that stands out that kind of brought everything into fruition? And what I mean by that, when you're sitting there and you have that realization that, wow, I, I'm here. I mean, I'm I'm in this moment. Am am I really in this moment? You know, am I really living this? Is this really it? I mean, am I? And you have to pinch yourself to kind of think about it. Is is there one that stands out in your mind as, as that? Uh, I don't think so. The one that kept coming while you're talking though was a hunt down at that same hunting club when my um, grandpa was able to go with us, and and he's still alive to this day, but. He um he was able to go down there with us and and I guess times like that I don't know that I if ever if anything ever just said man I could do it maybe maybe the first time I was again I don't know twelve or thirteen and my dad said you can go hunt this afternoon by yourself just be careful right and I went and sat in a plastic chair with my gun and, and stuff yeah. didn't kill nothing but I think that was the first time you like you almost feel like I'm one of the boys down here at hunting mm-hmm. camp, you know, I've, yeah. tur- I've been turned loose. Yeah. So maybe, th- yeah, that's probably it. Good this question. December of 2013 for me, hundred percent. And, and I talked to you that week and I talked to you that week. It was, and I'm looking at Nick and I'm looking at Cody. It was the first morning I ever hunted in Iowa. A hundred percent. Not that it was, you know, who I was with. I'm not talking about that side of it. I'm not talking about it was any more special than hunting with your daddy or your uncle or your grandpa or anybody. But that first morning that I got to see daylight open in Iowa. And for me back then, we hunted on, on the farm that we hunt on to the north. I saw 30, maybe 20 people in orange vests lined up down a fence row now i'm hunting on a on a fence myself in a blind got my shotgun my 20 gauge i'm I'm sitting there and i'm like what is all these people doing and right at daylight i hear i thought there's a civil reenactment going on over there and they're wearing orange why are they wearing orange and i looked and and i swear to you that morning i saw probably 40 deer in a herd come over the hill and i thought oh my god i I hadn't seen 40 deer in 10 years of hunting in georgia (laughs) you know and especially not in one wad but all these deer come piling in there And, and i remember that week as being that that thought went into my head, and, and I, I've often talked about this when I walked over the hill and I saw that that landscape. That I and I've said this before. I never thought I would live long enough to be blessed enough to see something like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, we deer hunt in Georgia, and 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 I don't want people that listen to this across the country to realize that we grew up hunting where we might see ten deer in a season. And now I'm in a place where I can see 40, 50 deer in a morning. Are you kidding me? And have the opportunity at a great, you know, a a big buck. And I just, I think back to that and gosh, it just, that's the one hunt for me that I think just, and and I'm not saying that changed anything or made me want to hunt anymore or anything else, but that, that one in my mind sticks out as the hunt, you know, for me, I don't know. That's just something that's always stuck out in my mind. And that was 
that's 10 years ago now. I can say that. This will be the 10th year that I – and hopefully I'm waiting on the draw to come out. Hopefully I draw a buck tag this year, and I'm waiting on pins and needles. Like, I'm going to draw one. If not, we'll go party hunt with the guys like we normally do. But I want to – if I draw a buck tag, I'm going hard after him, Nick. I'm, I'm telling you, I told Cody today, I said it's going to yep. be nasty. I'm getting – I'm strapping that long wolf in. I don't care how cold it is. I'm going in deep. So Before they – when they – after they get done – let me go back to your thoughts so I don't forget. I okay, got something okay. to add to what you said. Okay. I, I know what mine is, and it's very similar to yours, Alex. And, you know, I had spoke to you about it leading up to it. I was super excited with that first year that I went to Illinois. Oh, yeah. Because growing up, you know, and I know you've got the same kind of thought, but growing up, hunting Georgia, watching these hunting shows, you know, you watch people hunt the Milk River. You watch people hunt the Midwest. You watch people hunt Iowa. And never did I ever think, I'm going there. So that very first morning that I, just like Alex, it was a morning hunt, my very first sit ever in Illinois. And I rattled in a seven pointer across this bean field. And I thought, this is it. <laughs> I'm absolutely Tim Wales. I'm who, you know, I'm <laughs> Jim Shockey. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Put, a, put a fork in me I'm done you know and it's ruined me every, but that's that's when I knew that's when I realized because I've got nostalgia hunts with my dad that come full circle and all the things but for me personally when I got there I was like I can actually do this you know this is an actual achievable goal so that's that's when it was a kind of a you know moment for me I mean mine's the exact same story um the exact same story. I mean, the, the 2013 first time, first time sitting in the stand in Illinois. And I'm not, I hate that we're kind of like hammering that home because I don't want to sell it short, just hunting the South in general. Right. Um, I'm not trying to sell it short because again, but to the, to the point where y'all, both you guys, all three of us, three of you guys have made is that hunt all season to see 10 deer. I, I remember hunting as a, as a, as a, you know, early age and hunt day after, I say day after day, weekend after weekend and not seeing a deer. Um, and then, you know, those Saturday morning, Sunday morning, we talked about that the other day, those TV shows, you know, those hunting shows you're watching, they're in the Midwest and, um, all those special places. It was like a, I mean, it was a dream. It, I mean, it really was a dream. And then that morning, you know, the ride up there, I'll never forget driving down. I'm mentioning Jared and I, I know nobody knows who Jared is, but driving down Jared's primary farm driveway, there was a, 130 140 i don't know what it was it was a big deer biggest deer i'd ever seen on hoof hands down middle of the day jumped the fence was running through a row crop field right beside the trailer that we stay in and i'm like this is heaven on earth for you know what i mean <laughs> this is it and it, it, yeah. i think to your point it was like a dream come true that i yeah. finally was able to kind of get to that point to where it's like this is a reality and this is something that i mean alex you said it a second ago i mean it's, it's almost 10 years in of being blessed enough to go up there and just very fortunate for that. But that, 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 in that moment, that was mine for sure. Was up our coyote hunting and I woke you up. I'm in there hollering. Now, this is after years of going to the Midwest. I'm in there, mayo's oh, in the yeah. bed and I'm yeah. in there hollering, mayo, mayo. There ain't even deer, no, there, deer. There's, there's deer everywhere and there's like 15 deer and they're half rack bucks and there's, you're you on know, the phone slick. while you're doing yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hollering. I'm like, I got to go out there. Maybe they dropped a horn, you know, and, I, I hope I never lose that excitement. Absolutely, I, yeah. I hope that I can always have that thrill. Even in Iowa, you know, where we hunt at, we can see forever right there. And we'll be out there with binoculars in the morning pressing them against the glass like, I, 
I think it's a buck. Oh, it's a big one. It's a big one. He's right there at that fence line. And it, you know, season doesn't open until the next day. It's just, I don't know. It's, I wish everybody could experience that. I wish everybody yeah. would understand that, it. Understand it. Understand it's better way to put it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, experience it, yeah. I, I don't feel like that, you know, I'm any better of a hunter than anyone else, but I, I hope I never lose that fire. Absolutely you know, not. that fire, who it just lights me up. What you got? Do you just going back to something? Yeah, I want to go back to that because what you just said would resonate with Watson and myself over him this year and me the last two years. And if and it kind of goes back to the saying, just go. Just yeah. get up and go. And you and you say, well, the the best thing I've seen, the best moment I had hunting was December 2013 when I when I went up to Iowa and saw the sunrise. But and, and I'm not saying you in particular, but if you let's say you wanted to go chase a mule deer or an elk, what if you went to Colorado and you got up in eight thousand feet and you watched the sun come up over Snowcrest Mountain? You might change your idea That's of right. that. You That's know what right. I'm saying? Absolutely. And there's so many other places out there. Like for me, for you to bring that up and me to go out to Idaho this year and turkey hunt mm-hmm. and 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 i had a good time in south dakota i had a great time in maine idaho was just different yeah and it hit and it hit different and and, and don't get me wrong i went out there to turkey hunt and i wanted to turkey hunt and i want to turkey hunt hard that's right well my dad he's 66 i may misquote that he's retired he never done anything like that i've got him to do stuff like that now he's doing it we would drive by those fields and there'd be a hundred elk out there dude he was blowing his mind pull over pull over let me take a picture let me take a picture. <laughs> yeah no. yeah but people don't experience that until you just go. Yeah. So again, that may be yours now. But if you want to go chase a mule deer somewhere up in New Mexico, up in a flat, yours may change. You know, and that could go for anybody listening to this. I hope I outlive my expectations of anything that I ever do. You know, I hope I'm blessed enough to to keep a one up and you yeah. know one up the one up the best mm-hmm. you know and, and i'm not I, and, and when i say that i don't want people to think that i'm chasing that but i've often said and, and cody and i've had the conversation i mean that's that's my hunting partner i mean me and him hunt that's we hunt together that is especially in the fall that's who i'm looking to talk to and hunt in the fall just like in the spring you and blaine are looking to chase with each other and and cody uh mayo and and mark are looking to chase deer in the fall together he wants to go and experience that stuff out there in, in the West. I, I don't, you know, and, and I, I say that I, I don't because I, I feel like I've got something. I don't know what I'm chasing in the whitetail world. I, I, I mean, ultimately I can say I've been pretty doggone lucky when I've, when I've hunted whitetails. What am I chasing? I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And, but there's something that's going to happen. And I told him when it happens, we'll go chase mule deer. We'll yeah. go chase elk or whatever. But I just, I, I don't know. There's something I want. And I, and I don't, I hadn't found it yet. Yeah, I and mean, if you, and if you don't want to go, anybody listening to this don't want to go. Cody don't want to go. Mayo don't want to go. You don't have to go. But if you set your, if, if you've got the thought about, hey, maybe I should go out there elk hunting. Maybe I should go out there and kill an antelope. Don't put no maybes on it. Yeah. Just go. Like book, you said, book the, book the trip because. Don't hesitate. Just book it. Then you're going to have to go. That's right. You, well, the thing is, too, you've got to put it out of your mind that it's unachievable. It's not. It's not. If you do your research and you talk to the right people. And I think that's the thing that's key. It is. Do not put yourself in a position where it's it's an uh, I, I can't. I can't. Never say that. Yeah. You can. 
You just have to put plans and preparation in place. I had a conversation with a guy. I won't call him out this week. He told me, he's like, man, it sure would be nice to go out there. And, and it set me into a infuriation and I let him have it. I said, you can. I said, you can go do this. He said, well, I can't afford it. I said, okay, how many times did you eat out last week? Well, how many times did you eat out at work every day last week? Well, I eat out every day last week, like you said. Okay. How much did you spend? At least 10 bucks. That's five days. That's $50. That's $200 in a month. Are you thinking about buying or selling land in this crazy real estate market? Give our boy Zach Bobo a call. He's a full-service real estate company that services all of North Georgia, and they've been ranked number one for all your buying, selling, or investing needs for three years running. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram at Zach Bobo Real Estate or online at ZachBobo.com. Quit doing that for three months. You just paid, you just paid for your tax. Add another three months on that. What am I supposed to eat? If I want to do something, be damned, I'll eat bologna sandwiches and chips. I don't care. I mean, that, and that's the thing. If don't wanna, tell me you can't do it. If you want to do something bad enough, you'll make a way. Well, I thought you know, Anybody. But they also need to know how easy it is to get a tag for certain things. And I don't think yeah. it's the tag that scares people. It's, it's, I don't think it's most the tag. Most of the time it's money and time off from that's work. That's right. That's you know, right. Time off from work. And I get it because most people... At no, more, most 40 hour jobs probably have two, maybe three weeks. They're going to spend one week with their family at the beach. Yeah. They're going to spend one week with their favorite hunting spot, either in the South or the Midwest. Yep. And then their other week, they don't know whether to take it or save it for taking kids to school, the doctor, whatever. Most people don't have that freedom, so they don't know. But again, which one do you want? And if you're comfortable going, just rock on. I think it's the travel aspect too that people are scared of. It is not knowing how to get to and what to do when they get there and how to take guns and how to take bows. Sure. Oh man, I when I first went on out of state with the uh, bow on the plane, I was like calling you. I was looking online. What do you do? What do you, and once you figure it out, it's easy. It's easy. It's right. just like that thing you sent this week. How long did it take that guy to fix that window? Oh man, you know that what I'm was saying? that was that's the kind of the same thing. $12. I should read that. $12 you fixed that window. That may be how I finished the show today. That was good. <laughs> I'll tell you this. I went to Utah. Now, I had fly miles. I went to Utah and back, not counting food, for about 350 bucks. Mm-hmm. For, I mean. Well, and I, I don't I, I don't care how much it costs. I don't I care mean, if I'm it's $10 it's or, or yeah. you know, a, a $10,000. If you want to do something, you'll set goals to do it. And don't just come up with this thought process that I can't do it. If you, I don't care if you're working. I don't care if it's, you know, building something. I don't care what it is. Stop with the I can't business. This whole, well, I try, I try. You're not trying hard enough. If you don't, if you want something, you will do it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just, I, I, that drives me absolutely bananas. But you know, bananas. it wasn't that long ago that a lot of us probably had that same mindset. That's right. When we were in our early 20s, you know, yeah. coming up, I know I did. I was thinking, man, I'll never get, you know, I never said it out loud, or, but I had the thought when watching somebody on TV hunt, never man, I'll, I'll never get yeah. to go do yeah. that. Never. With this platform, though, I want people to be able to reach out to us and feel like they can reach out to us yeah. for help. There's and been we, a lot of people that have called me and asked, and locally right here, 
Can you give me some advice on going to the to the Midwest deer hunting? Ike scales last year. Yeah. Ike is a dude that lives in the mountains and work his butt off. I've known Ike a long time. He and I go to lodge together. Him and Dylan, they they decided they by God, we're going to the Midwest. And they loaded up and they went. They didn't find the success that they had hoped to find. But he told me afterwards, he said, man, we learned a lot. He said, we had an absolute blast. He said, we didn't kill a lot of deer. You know, we didn't, we didn't see a lot, had some opportunities, but we learned and we went, you know, we, we were able to do it. And I think that's the big thing. You know, people call all the time. They're like, I want to go and do this. What can you, what can you tell me? Can you tell me where to go? Nope. I can tell you what to look for. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to tell you exactly where to go. Cause ain't nobody tell me where to go. No. I no, mean, and, and no, but I, I do still, I still want people to feel like they're, absolutely. we're comfortable enough with us that they can shoot us a message on Instagram, Facebook, call us, whatever, and we can shoot them in the right direction. Even but, if you don't even know us. That's right. Oh, God. And, and that goes back to that saying that we've been saying here lately, you know, nobody will support you more than a stranger that, that finds you on social media. You know, sadly enough, that's true. I mean, I hate it. And I, and I hope that you, if you listen to this show, like a lot of people do listen week in and week out. I, I want to tell you, thank you, you know, from the, from the bottom of our hearts. I mean, you, you don't know what it means when a guy says, listen, I heard that on this on the show. Can, can you expound on that a little bit more? Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Absolutely. Cause we're all three on the message thread and we're, you know, we've got the, if somebody says, Hey, ask Mayo if uh, he's still got that. Uh, a pair of long john underwear that he talked about taking a crap in the middle of the woods or whatever i mean you know just uh, some kind of story i don't know did, did you tell that story on there oh i'm sorry i didn't mean to bring that up that was last year was off air <laughs> but i think the, the fun thing about it is you know just like what we're we're sitting here and you know you give me a hard time about my my cabinet over there being a Sosby's funeral home display case. And for everyone that doesn't know, Sosby's funeral home located in Canton, Georgia, had World War II and World War One memorabilia in it in a glass case with lights in it. And inside of the studio now, we've got a three-tier glass wood shelf. Case. Yeah, corner shelf. <laughs> corner shelf. And Alex has got a rabbit foot. He's got his first casing from that 3030 he killed that deer with. He's got a broadhead that's still got deer hair on it. There's a knife in there from Ukraine. A knife from Ukraine. A Prince Albert can. He's got a uh, fir- his a first long hand, long uh, Copenhagen snuff can <laughs> lid in there from his first dip. <laughs> My first dip was from a can of Hawkin in Hawking. the chicken house. And, and, so he's got, can... and he's got a signed pair of white, whitey tidies from Reba McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> I will be stealing. <laughs> <laughs> oh god items the <laughs> yeah. yeah you don't mind that mold on there it's just because i left them outside too long uh, <laughs> oh i tell you something about that prince albert can um that's pretty cool if you want to hear it what's that if you pick it up and and shake it there's something inside of it and uh brock's dad gave me that prince albert can and inside of it's a, a case knife i told him at, at brock's wedding probably a little before that I wanted, I said, I can't find a hickory handled case Hawkbill knife. I said, I'm wanting me one. I went up there to shop one day. He said, come on, let's take a little ride. We rode up to his house and he handed me that can with, with that knife inside of it. Of course he's dead and gone now, but that case and people look at it and they're like, Oh, that's, you know, that's some cool knives and stuff in there. That's my life. 
inside of that case. I can tell you stories about stuff inside of there. Everything from the flag on the bottom was dad's boy scout flag when he was a kid Mm -hmm. to the bottles on the bottoms from Doyle Lane. The first year I went to Tennessee and squirrel hunted some of those knives in there that Brandon's got one of those knives that are on the top. It's an OMCBA, the uh, 150th anniversary of the original mountain curb breeders association. They had 200 of those knives made and they auctioned them off and dad bought me one of them and Brandon bought him one. I've still got that in there. <laughs> what are you grinning about? The OBCK. OMCBA. Yeah, Original Mountain Curve yeah. Breeders Association. Gonna, That's squirrel dog, son. You're going to have to do a uh, YouTube video on that case over there. I'd be glad to. Yeah. I, I mean, that's uh, there's a lot of – and I'm a, you know how I am about stuff. I love stuff. I mean, I you know as bad as anybody. Nick will call me during the day, find something on the side of the road. You need this uh, – half handle wheelbarrow here it ain't got no wheel on it yeah bring it to the house hell i brought you two lug nuts and that half worn brake pad the other day from the side of the road <laughs> you know I, that that brake pad fit perfect did it it did that's <laughs> <laughs> fine hey i want to um i want to thank you for letting us come over hey absolutely it's um it's been a fantastic afternoon here in the studio what do you think that uh is going to be the funnest thing that that comes in the next 90 days for people that are not not aware of what's going on because july we've got gon august we've got the well we've got birmingham birmingham and we've got the bow shoot but then comes into september what what do we got going on in september deer season that's right dude i'm swamped from i get the first week in august off we go to Alabama, bow shoot, planting food plots, the beach. And I'm back to deer season. I'm wide open. Yeah, we. I'm Alex and I were trying to figure out today when we're going to get to the Midwest and hang cameras, and it's just. I don't know either. I think I'm just going to have to drive up on a, maybe that first week in August. That might be my whole August. I don't know. Alex, I want to appreciate you for, and again, for everybody putting a hand in all this studio. Everything looks great. Um, couldn't be more proud of it. Yeah, I think it's All turned the out audio well. stuff is good. We'll hope. We'll see what it we, sounds like. We, we burn new, that thing off the side of the hill when we get done. Well, we got the new soundboard. We're working the kinks out of it like the last episode, but I think we've we've pretty much got it where we want it, and we'll still work on stuff. And um, I can't thank you enough. Yeah, well, while we're talking about the studio, I mean, I want to go back to the very beginning and talk – through it and try, try to go through mm-hmm. the the floor build up you know my neighbor tim over here helped me build the floor here we did the whole floor structure uncle Wibburn helped me lay it out dad helped me on it then we went into the to the wall setting and dad helped me on that and cody came up and helped me lay out some of the walls and we got that stuff raised and then did the siding jess helped me so much on the on the wrapping of it i did the the outside siding tim helped me with that bren blanton came over and helped me put the tin on the top when we finally got to that point got the tin up on it then we kind of got it closed in it was like all right what do i do now it went from you know months i'd walk out here and i'd be like dang i need to work on this thing i did but this winter was really the the grind time for us because i I picked some days and i was like i called boys and i was like look i need your help charles wiggins and, and uh marcus mcgee came over and helped me do the tin around the bottom caden was here during that time frame and i will tell this this is funny because we were here working it and, and 
Caden was working and, and I was trying, I've tried to turn over a new leaf and not be quite as ill when I'm working on stuff. And, <laughs> Cause that's just how I grew up being yelled at and stuff. And I was telling Caden, yeah, I was being pretty easy on him. And Charles told him, he's like, boy, you lucked up and got here 10 years after when he was a real <laughs> asshole. He said he was bad back in the day. He said he'd have done cussed you out. <laughs> But we worked on the on the tin and stuff and put up insulation and everything. Then we started working on the wood here. And Cody and Ted came over and helped me do the trim on it and hang the ceiling. And I tell you, man, the the trim work that him and his dad came over and did, I never would have made it look this good. I mean, me and Cody were we were working on it. And we'd start to nail up a board. Like, well, it's a little short. Oh, Ted, he wouldn't let us nail it. He'd say, "No, go cut a new one." And I'd be like, "No, nah, let's just nail it." No, nah, we ain't we gonna do it. We're gonna do it right. I mean, and he took took the time to do that, and I couldn't thank him enough for doing that. But, you know, setting the rafters, it, it, I remember that day that, that we did that. It was me, you, Red, Mulkey, Josh Underwood came over and helped us, and we set the rafters, and I was like, boy, it'd be fun if we had this crew together all the time framing his stuff, and Red was standing right there on the ladder, and he said, we'd be some broke back hungry son of a bitches, but we'd be smiling, wouldn't we? <laughs> But, I mean, it's been a lot of fun to get there and, you know, the wiring and just, I mean, I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out. Mulkey helped them. you with the plumbing. and Yeah, Mulkey helped me plumb the entire front side over there and get that done with. And and to my buddy Mike Morris, I mean, he was such a, a guide in, in helping me to do the, the tabletops and everything. He kind of steered me. Mike can't do a whole lot anymore with his shoulder being hurt, but, man, he was right there telling me along the way. And, you know, it's it's been great. I mean, I can't I can't thank anybody enough that's that's helped to get it to this point. So looks great. Looks awesome. I am excited. <laughs> I, I I can't wait to sit right here and have those conversations like we've had before and you know, turn out the lights of parties over, you know, and stuff like that. Just kind of have us a good conversation with people because I'm I'm telling you this old table's gonna have some fun ones because I, but like I said the other night on the episode with you, you know, it's it's been a journey to get here, and I can't thank you enough for, I guess, being the support mechanism and keeping my tail in check on stuff because, hey, it's been fun. <laughs> uh, there's going to be plenty more here, son. Mayo. It's going to be, uh, what is this, 120? I think my number's 119. off. I think my number's off. Yeah, this will be 119. No, I think this is 120. Is this 120? I think my numbers are off. Uh, no, I think this is one. Then you just drop 118 on? Yeah, this will be 120. Yeah, my numbers okay. are off. All right. I don't know where I messed up on that. I was looking at that earlier. You may not have been taking notes the other night. No, I had that one down too. I don't. I must have missed back in there. Must have. Must have didn't balance my checkbook. <laughs> um, Mayo, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. Place is awesome. I mean, it what uh, really good. what is the? Uh, I was here in spirit, maybe not in body. Mayo's a busy man for for y'all that don't know. He's he's. Really he's, busy. But he's he starting to get on. his priorities in line. He's yeah, made he it is. to two episodes right. in, in, a a row. In, a, in a row. In a row. And I wasn't being exaggerative. You're busy. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Work hard. Shout out there. <laughs> appreciate the recognition. <laughs> the rec- yeah. But no, it, it really is great. And, um, I don't know. Is the video going to post? Are you? Yeah, I think that video's been running the whole time. So y'all might see this on YouTube, depending on what it looks like. It's, and if anybody's up there in Nashville and they see that front part of that video, them boys singing. Oh, did you get that? Man. Did, did we get that on? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, man. oh, my gosh. We had a little bit of bluegrass uh, jam session before uh, we went live. We it was, it was really good. But, but no, thanks for having me. I mean, it, it place is awesome. Looking looking forward to it. Very proud of it. You, you don't have to thank us for, for being here and, and being had now because you're a part of us. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Send, oh, my send goodness. Send us first night off in fashion. Oh, gosh. Our first 
episode in the new studio off in fashion. Should, should I read that? That's a long one. <laughs> That's a long one. That's up to you though. No, I don't want to read that. But if you if you uh, if you've got any anything in or any doubt in your mind that you can't do something like we said all along, find a way to to find a way to get there. But I'll tell you the key thing in in getting to wherever you want to go is finding a good support system and putting them around you. You got to have good friends, and if you don't have that, you're you're not going to be successful in anything you do. I'm I'm an honest believer that. Without the people that I've surrounded myself, I would not have anything that I've got. I wouldn't have this podcast. I wouldn't have the deer that I've killed. I wouldn't have the, you know, the shirt on my back in a lot of ways. But those days when you're really dragging and needing help with something, find somebody you can lean on. Find somebody that, that don't mind hearing you complain and bitch about something that's going on in your life. And it, they may, they may not be as receptive to hear it, but they will, you know, support you in it. And, I tell you what, here at Talk About It Outdoors, we're blessed to have an amazing team of guys that support us. We're we're amazing uh, fans and family that support us in what we do, and and for the future of what we got planned, I, I'm so excited, and it's it's only only uphill from here. And I think that's the fun thing about it. So, for everyone here at Talk About It Outdoors, for our first inaugural episode in the TAI headquarters, y'all come back and be with us again. It won't be long. I'm going to head to the beach. I'm going to go lay my toes in the sand for a while. And uh, this will drop after I'm back. So if you're thinking about coming up here and robbing my Sosby Funeral Home case, you better come up back. It's all I got to tell you. So <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate everybody for tuning in. Come back and be with us when you can. And remember, smile as you go, but don't forget, mount the memories. Building the foundation of your life starts at the base, and the stronger it is, the better. Talk About It Outdoors is proud of our strong partnership with United Concrete and Paving and the foundation of support they provide. Whether your new home being built needs concrete work or that driveway you're tired of beating all the bearings from your pickup needs a paving, Michael and his team can provide any residential or commercial project support you might need from the ground up. If you're tired of tripping over that unsettled patio slab or a future shop build needs a smooth start, United Concrete and Paving can get you going when you need it most. Give them a call at 404-831-3036 and make sure you tell them them TAI boys are where you heard it first. A few years back, When an overbearing and overgrown backyard became an eyesore, I looked for a solution to resolve. LRS Land Services created a stunning and complete transformation turnkey at an affordable price with their mulching services. Not limited to mulching, LRS can provide turnkey grading and clearing, maintenance, right-of-way clearing, and even development for any and all forestry needs. With an innovative outlook on what is best for your land and a completely different approach than others, LRS can transform your overgrown eyesore into a beautiful landscape of your dreams. Give them a call at 404-889-1105 or check their work out on Facebook at LRS Land Services. Logan and his team are ready to make your land brand new again. Are you in need of a decluttering? barn or garage slap full of stuff you just don't need or is your construction site needing a dumpster give our buddy tony at georgia junk and dumpster rental a call with services ranging from junk removal to roll-offs 
Georgia Junk is here to help with any and all removal needs. If it's time to get that parking spot back or the boat needs a place inside, Tony and his team can surely assist. Servicing Cherokee, Cobb, Bartow, and surrounding counties, give them a call at 404-406-3501 or check them out on Facebook at Georgia Junk. Clean up the yard in short order with Georgia Junk. 